listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Well, you keep winning football games, and the next one gets bigger than the one before. Such is the case with the 5-1 and one and 18th-ranked Arizona State Sun Devils who will put their unbeaten Pac-12 record on the line this coming Saturday night in Salt Lake City, Utah, when ASU takes on the only other Pac-12 team still undefeated in conference play, the Utah Utes. It's a game with huge implications in the Pac-12 South Division title chase, with the winner able to control its own destiny in quest of a spot in the conference championship game seven weeks from now. We invite you to join us for the next hour with Sun Devil Football, the topic of conversation here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils. With me, fourth-year Arizona State head football coach Herm Edwards. And together, Herm and I welcome you to our show. Great to see you, Coach. Uh, Exciting times for your football team right now. Seven wins in the last eight games. Five straight Pac-12 wins, all of them by double-digit margins. Yeah, it's a a nice, I would say, a nice effort by all parties. Uh, First the players, uh, and then the coaching staff. They've done a marvelous job of of really preparing our, our players, and our players have taken that and and gone on the field and and done a nice job in, in Pac-12 play. And gotten win after win. And as you said, when you win win, the next game just gets bigger, doesn't it? They really do. And, and I think when you have aspirations of being a winning team and a championship team, you realize that has to be the mindset. It's, it's never about a game that is projected to be a big game by the media people and all that. It's really every game becomes a big game when you win because – if you keep winning, it just it just kind of takes care of itself, you know. And then you do, you just want to win another one, and you want to win another one, and that's kind of been our mindset um, since the BYU situation. We just said let's just go win one game, and let's just learn how to win again, and, and let's play a clean football game. And we've been able to do that the last couple of weeks. Go one and zero each week. That's it. That's all that matters. Tonight's show coming your way from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer. In downtown Tempe, Arizona, come on down, enjoy great food, tasty beverages, all the sports on TV, Bucks and Eagles are at halftime, Dodgers and Giants, game five of that National League Division Series. Oh, by the way, some pretty good Sun Devil football conversation going on as well. Now, you may remember many years ago, there was an old TV commercial, I think it was for Wendy's, where a lady asked the question, where's the beef? Well, tonight, the answer is the beef is on our show as we're going to spotlight the big fellas in the Sun Devil defensive line. Joining us tonight will be 325-pound senior nose guard D.J. Davidson and the Walter Camp Foundation's National Defensive Player of the Week this week, Sun Devil defensive end Tyler Johnson. And also joining us tonight will be the gentleman who coaches those dudes, Sun Devil defensive line coach Robert Rodriguez. This being a football-centric program, we're formatted just like a football game in quarters, so here we go with the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. As again, we say hello to Coach Herm Edwards. Uh, What a contest it figures to be Saturday night up in Salt Lake City when the Sun Devils 
take on Utah and Herm. The thing that strikes me when I start sizing up this game is how similar these two teams are. What do you think? Yeah, defensively, especially when you watch their defense play, uh, they don't give up a lot of points. They're averaging about 23 points a game. Our defense is about 16. They do a good job on third down. They're about 37%. Our defense is about 36%. Uh, in the red zone, they're about 46%. So there's a lot of a lot of familiarity with, with when you think of both teams. Um, they're very physical. Uh, we believe we have a physical football team as well. So those things match up. Offensively, um, they like running the football. So do you. Uh, yeah, 11 times now over 200 yards, and we're what I think our record is 11-1 uh, when you run it over 200 with us. That's not too since bad. Since we've been here. So we like running the ball as well. Uh, they'll take some, some shots down the field. Uh, we, we have the ability to do that. So yeah, there's some similar traits there when you think about both teams. They're coming off what for them was an historic win uh, last week uh, when they took down USC at the Coliseum, 42-26, to 26, the Utes winning in L.A. And how historic was it? It was Utah's first win over the Trojans in Los Angeles since the Woodrow Wilson administration. And how far does that go back? 1916. How about that? Uh, what caught your eye about the youth play against uh, SC? Nothing surprised me. They were very physical. Uh, and really, they, they got a lead. Uh, and then they ran the ball. Uh, they, turned to, they turned the ball over a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, they hit the quarterback a bunch. And then that, you could, that, that's, their, that's who they are. You know? And then they were able to sit back in zone once they had a lead and, and make SC throw into that zone. Uh, did a great job of controlling the clock with their run game. So, um, you know, they were excited about uh, playing those and as you, at USC. And as you just said, last time they won, that's, that's a long, long that's time. A, that's when they had the helmets in the back pocket, right? Yeah. Not even I wasn't there for that yeah, one. Yeah, that's when they used to carry them. The yeah, yeah. They used to catch the train to play games. <laughs> that's right. Like that, that's you know? right. Yeah. Now, your team is coming off an impressive win of its own, a 28-10 to victory over a Stanford program that has been a longtime nemesis of ASU football. And as I look at the Stanford game, Herm, it's almost like you divided it in two parts. Your offense got things done in the first half. You had three excellent touchdown drives, 87, 75, and 80 yards. And then it's like the defense said, okay, guys, we'll take it from here. And in the second half, they held the Cardinal to just three points and 143 yards. How did you evaluate your offenses playing the first half? I thought the play calling was sharp. The execution was really good. It was, was very good, and we were, we were able to move the ball and, and score. And that was the key, get, in, get a lead against Stanford. Because if you don't get a lead, if you keep it within a one-score lead, they hang um, around. They hang they? around, and they're very methodical. They take the ball for long periods of time. It was only a 10-possession t- game. Now, we made it more than that because we got the three turnovers. Mm-hmm. So when you play a team like that, you know you're not going to get to your 11. You're not going to get 12 or more possessions. It's going to be a low-possession game because of the way they play offense. And their defense doesn't give up a lot of big plays. So you have to kind of go down the field methodically along with them. But I thought um, our offense, first three times, scored. That was big. And then we kind of put them in a position where they had to throw it a lot. Another game where Jaden Daniels, your quarterback, was effective running the football. A terrific 51-yard touchdown run in the first quarter. And uh, he finished the night with 76 yards and averaged almost six yards each attempt. He, he did a great job of running and protected himself. And, and that's going to be big this week <laughs> if he decides to leave the pocket against Utah. 
his the, he if he has a long memory, I think he'll remember his first game up there. His true freshman year. That was that was a rough afternoon slash evening for Jay. Yeah, it, it was it was for everyone involved. And, yeah. um, uh, they 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 beat us up a little bit. It was funny because the game when you look at it. We actually took the ball away four times on defense. That's right. That's right. And they had, we had two turnovers ourselves, but uh, didn't get any points. They played really good defense, and uh, uh, they, they got after us. There's no doubt about that. A lot of guys have long memories. I was talking to AP. We're doing a feature on Antonio Pierce in the pregame show this Very Saturday. Good. Good. And uh, yeah, I thought he's, he's just done a great job coordinating your defense. I asked him about the Utah uh, this week's game, and the first thing he mentioned was that game two years ago. He hasn't forgotten that. Uh, no one has. Yeah. And now with that being said, it didn't mean if you, you forgot it or you remember it. You don't want to remember it. We're going to play them here on Saturday at 8-15. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think we understand that. We understand what we're walking into. A uh, very loud, loud place to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got great fans. And so we're going to have to deal with all that. And I think hopefully the BYU uh, game gave us a little bit of understanding of what it's going to feel like and, and it's like all games when you get in those games can you survive the first five minutes of of the the energy in the stadium and then make it a game games like that tend to settle down if you can get through about the first five or ten minutes the wave of emotion it sort of settles down and it just gets to be uh then it's a game a slobber knocker yeah. as joe bugle used to say when and you know and, and we're byu opening kickoff we fumble the ball mm-hmm you can't do that on yeah. the road. It's, 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 that's not good. Last time I checked, yeah. it's not, not very good. Every time I've checked, it's not good either. Yeah, not a good thing. Something that has been good, your defense in the second half yeah. has just been lights out. Uh, you've given up a total of three second-half points the last two weeks combined against two good teams, UCLA and Stanford. And how about these numbers? In the second halves of games all season, Arizona State's outscoring its opposition 92 to 26 in the fourth quarter of games the sun devils have a 47 to 9 advantage what do you feel herm to be the factors in that obviously in football halftime is is very important and in college it's even it's kind of interesting because in the nfl you know the halftime is about the time you get in there it's about eight minutes and you're coming back because tv in Mm -hmm. college football you got 20 minute halftime yeah so, you know, you guys can walk around and relax, but you can actually do a lot of adjusting at halftime. And that's when, that's when it all starts because you had a game plan going in the first half, and they had a game plan, and you come in at halftime and say, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what are they doing different mm-hmm. than we didn't anticipate? What do we have to change now? And this is where the coaching comes in. And I think sometimes people lose sight of that. There's a lot of coaching going on in half. They're not just sitting in there drinking Gatorade. I mean, they're doing that too, but there comes a point to where you bring them together and say, look, they're doing this. We have to adjust now, whether it's offensively or defensively, and I think our coaches have done a good job of that. And the players have sensed it and, and went out and executed it. Two years ago when he was a freshman in the, uh, your great win at home against Oregon, uh, Jaden Daniels was named the Walter Camp Foundation National Offensive Player of the Week. Well, this week... You've got the National Defensive Player of the Week, Tyler Johnson, yes. with a terrific performance against Stanford uh, uh, on uh, last Friday. Three and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, one forced fumble. Talk about his performance and how important he is to that defense. Well, I, I think you see it coming. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, when you when you watch Tyler play the last uh, from from last year, the little short season we had. Mm-hmm. 
coming to this year. He had a game like that in defeat, that home game with UCLA. He was yeah. a Pac-12 defensive player. Yeah, absolutely. Similar, similar and, numbers. And you see it coming, and, and I think you know he's a mature guy now. Um, he's been in the, been in the program. Um, he understands um, what it means in, in moments in a game when you got to take it over. You got to take the game over now. Yep. And, and he gets that, and, and I think it's with experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I sense that going into that, it's funny because I, I, I knew warm up or I, I said something to him and I said, you know, you'll get two sacks tonight. You know, and he looked at me like he always looks at me. And <laughs> then he went out <laughs> and he got went two out sacks. <laughs> you know, but, but he's playing terrific. And, and all those guys are really doing a nice job with the D line. When you think about it. we've had some injuries up there. Yeah. Uh, two really good players. And these guys have stepped in, the senior group, and two of them are here tonight. And Coach. Uh, you know, Rodriguez has done a fantastic job. We got some freshmen up there. Yeah. They keep them fresh. And that's the whole key with defensive linemen. And, and that's another factor, I think, they're, in that 47 to 9 fourth quarter advantage and so they're, forth. They're, you know, and, and, and when you, the two guys you're going to talk to tonight, it's very important that they're in the game before the, before the half, and they have to be in the game in the fourth quarter when you're trying to close it out. That, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they need to be in the game. So, how do you do that? You got to rotate them. They can't play 70 plays. Defensive linemen don't play 70 plays. That's that's The way we try no to play way. defense, there's yeah. no way they could do that. Yeah. But I think they've all bought into it, and they understand, you know, coach is going to get him in there. Sometimes he gets him in there when we can't make changes. <laughs> and there's, like, a lot of guys on the field. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. It, it, we have fun with that. We laugh about that stuff. But um, I just think it's when they're fresh, they can go. Mm-hmm. And they play hard now. They Boy, really they sure play do. hard. You have the player of the game, Tyler Johnson. How about the play of the game? Uh, Jack Jones, your uh, yeah. terrific cornerback, a third-quarter interception. He uh, jumps a slant route on a pass intended for six foot five inch John Humphreys of Stanford. Humphreys, after the pick, is draped over Jack. He has the presence of mind to lateral to DeAndre Pierce, who takes it 27 yards for the touchdown. And that's interesting, that sequence of plays, because that is when we went for fourth and one and we didn't make it and so they get the ball back and it's still a little bit of a there's some time it's on the 21 clock. to 10 it's, it's 21 close and it's like uh, you don't like that you, you, the, the Oregon thing you know it's kind of going in my brain I'm going oh boy <laughs> you know we don't make it and then you're going you know that gets them some momentum and then with the big interception not only was the interception it's a touchdown mm-hmm. that was the backbreaker yeah that was the one that closed the game out now it was it was too far away for them to come back and get Coach, us. Jack Jones is special, isn't he? I mean, In a lot of ways, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> no, he as is a, a football one. player. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's all about football. Um, great instincts. I mean, he has something you can't coach. You, you no, no coach in the history of coaching any sport has ever given an athlete instincts. That's, some, that's a gift. And he just kind of knows. He just has a feel for it. Um, he has great body control, of, of, and, and he has good hands. He can catch the football. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's just what he is, you know. And, and sometimes you get mad at him because he'll—he's a little bit of a river road gambler now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll stick his nose in some places we're not supposed to be. Yeah. But for the most part, he's—he's he's one of the better corners. I mean, I think we got two of the better corners in the whole conference with Ag- him and Chase. Agreed. Game day like it's the only day with an ice cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU, made to chill. And remember, twenty-one means twenty-one. Lots more headed your way here on tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Arizona State defensive line coach Robert Rodriguez will join us a bit later on in the show. But up next, 
Two of Coach Rod's studs on the Sun Devil defensive line will drop by for a visit. We'll hear from nose tackle D.J. Davidson and National Defensive Player of the Week, Tyler Johnson, when we return after these messages here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Hey, Sun Devil fans, have you heard about Return to Chill? This is your chance to instantly receive two Sun Devil football tickets to an upcoming game and to be included in a grand prize drawing for a VIP experience at the ASU U of A game on Saturday, November 27th. Stop by any Circle K to pick up a 12-pack or larger of Coors Light or from the Blue Moon family and get all the details. Forks up. Welcome back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. I'm Tim Healy, your host, inviting you to come on by if you're in the vicinity. We're at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in Tempe. Our show's on the air till 8 o'clock this evening. Time now to meet tonight's guests, two of the mainstays in the Sun Devil defensive line this season, and both of them local products as well. One is in his fifth season in the ASU football program. He's currently the Sun Devil's fifth leading tackler on the season. He is tied for the team lead with his four-and-a-half tackles for loss. Also has a pair of pass deflection and a fumble recovery. He was the Pac-12 Defensive Lineman of the Week in the season's opening week after the game against Southern Utah. He's a product of Desert Ridge High School in Mesa, and we welcome D.J. Davidson to the show. D.J., how you been, bud? I'm doing good. Thanks for coming on with us. We appreciate it. Our other guest was a, a star at Gilbert's Highland High School. He's also in his fifth season as a Sun Devil. He is ASU's active career leader on defense with his 25-and-a-half tackles for loss and his 14-and-a-half career sacks. And last Friday against Stanford, he put on quite a show for a national TV audience as well as those listening on the radio. Three-and-a-half tackles for loss, two sacks, and a forced fumble to be named. That earned him Pac-12 Defensive Lineman of the Week honors and the Walter Camp Foundation National Defensive Player of the Week. A pleasure to welcome Tyler Johnson to the show. How are you doing, Tyler? Good, good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Let's start with DJ. Uh, Give us your overall assessment, how you feel the uh, defense as a whole DJ has progressed through the first six weeks of the season. Um, I just think uh, as a whole, we're, we're really trusting each other um, from the previous seasons. And uh, we've just been playing with, with each other for so long that we just, I don't know, there's just a vibe that we can just look at each other and we just kind of know what's going on. And, and just we just really have this trust and this brotherhood that we just want to win as a unit. It's almost like second nature, isn't it, for you guys? Because so many of you have been around this program for so long together, DJ. Yeah, it's pretty much like second nature. Yeah, Best way to put it. Uh, how do you evaluate your play through six games? Um, I've, I've improved uh, quite a bit. What areas where do, you th- where do you think you have stepped up your game and improved the most as a player over the course of your career at Arizona State? Um, just, wor- just working in the trenches, um, just make sure I'm using my hands, keeping low pad level. Um, that's really about it for me, so... And just with Coach Rod and Tyler and the whole D-line next to me, it's just they help me out a lot too as well. What's it been like for you, Tyler? It is a brotherhood. A lot of you guys in the D-line, a lot of guys on the defense have played together for so many years. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, we play together for so long that we, like DJ said, we're comfortable. We can kind of look at each other and know that this person's going to do this job and we stick to it and just be able to – not have to worry about the person next to you because you know they're going to get it done. And if they don't, that's, you know, probably one or two plays where you might pick up for them and just make sure they're on the right track on the next play and just try to keep each other uplifted and stuff like that. 
kudos to you for your game last week. That's big-time stuff to be named the National Defensive Player of the Week. What was your mindset going into that Stanford game? And take us through that game from your perspective and how you were so productive. I mean, really, it was just do my job. That's what we preach all week throughout the throughout practice is just do your job. AP harps on it quite a bit and stick to the game plan. And like I said earlier in this week, uh, we all just stick to the game plan, stick to what you have to do, go through your keys, and uh, make sure, especially for D-line, play with good leverage, use our hands first. That's another big thing that Coach Rod harps on. So uh, playing with those type of things, it uh, keeps you in a better chance at uh, winning your rep. And so when you take one rep at a time during a game, it's, uh, it makes it a lot more easier and more comfortable to be able to continue playing at a fast pace. Yeah. DJ, uh, talk about the defensive performance. You held Stanford, I believe, to nine net rushing yards, and yeah. you're going to win a lot of football games when you have run defense like that. Yeah, we, we win a lot of games when that happens. Yeah. What was the key, in, in your opinion? It seemed like you guys were really prepared for what Stanford was running. Just film study. I mean, when we're when we're in meetings, we just uh, assess the formations, uh, who's who's in at running back, which tight ends in, um, just really understand the game and the concept that's gonna that's in front of us, so we can play fast. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just ultimately what um, allowed us to get that done. Yeah, so. you heard this, the stats I mentioned, but can you talk about from your perspective why the defense has been so good in the second half? So you've really shut down opponents after halftime. Just when we come in at halftime, we talk about uh, things that we can do better, um, and we really just hone in on those little details that are allowing us to be be good. I mean, be great from good, so just make sure that we just keep doing that. Boy, Tyler, the coaches must do a great job of making adjustments in the locker room at halftime, huh? Oh, they do an incredible job, especially, you know, the guys up in the box, you know, uh, communicating with the coaches on the ground. Uh, we come in at halftime, and sometimes they'll come in and be like, hey, they're starting to do this now. We've never seen that on film. This is what we're going to do for this when it, if they try it again. And being able for the players to take that, you know, 15-minute recess during halftime mm-hmm. and apply it to the field is just a huge difference, and it's a great uh, testament to everybody paying attention and um, applying on the field and making sure that, you know, we don't get popped for a big play. Right. With Tyler leading the way, the Sun Devils have been really good at pressuring opposing quarterbacks this year. In fact, there's a service called Pro Football Focus. Each week they put out these amazing statistics, and uh, one of the many that they come out with this week is that uh, Arizona State is pressuring the passer on nearly 42% of opponents' passing plays. That is the 11th best in the FBS in the nation, and it's even better when you consider that your team doesn't blitz very much. Uh, What do you think have been the keys to your ability as a unit to get pressure on those opposing quarterbacks? Um, Just trusting everybody on the D-line as far as doing their job because when one person does their job, it might take up two. So that means you get one-on-ones with about two to three other players on the the line of scrimmage. And when that happens and with our keys and stuff that we practice and play with, uh, with Coach Rod, it puts us in a better position to get closer to the quarterback. And um, so with that, it's it makes it a lot more easier, more fun, more doable. Um, it helps out everybody else. So, you know, if DJ takes up two and that leaves me one person to beat, I got to win that rep. Yep. DJ, you heard uh, Tyler mention Coach Rod, Coach Rodriguez. He'll be on uh, after you guys uh, later on the show. Uh, but talk about what he has brought, what you have learned from him. He spent five years in the NFL with the Minnesota Vikings before mm-hmm. uh, coming to Tempe and uh, – from uh, the outside looking in, it appears to me he's done a terrific job with you guys. Uh, what have you learned from him specifically? Uh, just your mindset, how you approach things. Um, 
he always talks about just Amor Fati. Amor Fati is what he kind of brings with brings with him, and um, it just really just when things kind of get tough, when it gets hard, things that you don't want to do, you just do it anyways, mm-hmm. um, and just making sure you're playing for your brothers in the room, um, and just be have an intention to just be great every day when you wake up. So, just that's like the number one thing. Just making sure that you're have the opportunity to present yourself in a minimal way. How about you, Tyler? What have you learned from Coach Rod? Just uh, just being able to work hard every rep, take it uh, take it to the chin, and just no matter what happens, just do it. Um, it's never too late to do the right thing is what we always say in our room. Mm-hmm. So even if you do have a bad play, go to the next play. And if you go to the next play and work hard on that one, great things might come. It's going to be a great game, I think, on the Saturday night up in Salt Lake City. Tyler, just your thoughts on playing Utah in that environment. The weather's going to be a little chilly, but I heard you say earlier in the week that's not a problem for you, is it? No, it's not a problem for me. I think uh, Coach Herm actually mentioned it earlier before I got here. Uh, the last time I was here was 2019 when we were playing Utah going up there. So Is that right? Yeah, so it's uh, the weather definitely doesn't affect me at all. Um, just being able to dress out. Put the uh, click my helmet on and just be ready to go. DJ, some of your thoughts on Utah. They have to me they're a a team similar to yours offensively. They have three good running backs. They like to run the ball. They've got like you do a very good dual threat quarterback, a veteran offensive line. What are your thoughts on on their offense and the keys to stopping them? Um, Just the keys is communication is number one. Um, Just being able to trust the person next to you to get their job done. other than that, I mean, it's a simple game. Just they're going to line up and try to beat you. So, Tyler, what have been the keys with the DeAndre P- or not, not uh, uh, Antonio Pierce? Uh, the, your, uh, of course, his yeah. son is your safety, but yeah. AP has done a tremendous job coordinating your defense this year, hasn't he? Yeah, Coach AP is just one heck of a guy. The way he breaks down film and gets us the information for the new week to for, on our opponents, I think he does it in almost a day probably a day and a really? half yeah all the coaches do a great job giving us information and when we come in and watch film they show us stuff from their previous games that just are really consistent and it's it's mind-blowing to me how fast they can pick that up and see it but it just shows the years of experience and the coaching staff and it's amazing that you know we have so many coaches from the nfl that have been doing this over and over and they've been to the highest level they've you know ap went in a super bowl like it shows that his mindset and the way he does things work. You know, Coach Rod, he has guys in the NFL doing his technique, and it shows that it works because he has guys that are in, that go to the Pro Bowl yep. and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's one thing that we we got to listen. It's, it's one of those things we really can't have a have a say or a talk back because what they do has been proven to work. In the past six games, it has been proven to work. They've all been where you guys want to get to, you know, pro football and the, at the highest level as well. Uh, DJ, you heard me uh, talk. Both you guys, uh, local guys, what, what uh, look back, uh, what re- led you to Arizona State? What attracted you to become a Sun Devil? Um, just being close to home, my family, um, that's number one for me. Uh, and just being able to be from Arizona is pretty big because uh, I have a lot of pride in my high school and I have a lot of friends out here that also look up to me so I can be a role model to them role model to younger people in Arizona to so they can see that they can do something b- bigger and better in their lives as well. Tyler, how about you? It must be cool to get to play college football, big-time college football in your hometown. Yeah, my mom's a good cook. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't, that kind of sums it up. I huh? don't want to leave that one, but no, it's one of those things that I just felt that um, oh, I took man. my visits in high school, you know, like everybody else, and every time I came back home, I started realizing, you know, it's to me it was just no point in leaving. It was a home away from home. I could drive 20 minutes to go see my mom, my brother, my niece, and stuff. So um, I, when it boils down, I think that was very important to me to stay to stay close. And mom is a good cook, though, huh? What's what's her best? What's her best dish? Uh, the favorite thing she makes is chicken, rice, and gravy. Yeah? Yeah, that's my favorite. And then she does peach cobbler for me. Ooh. Now, that's a meal. That's a meal, my friend. Hey, we're glad you guys both elected to stay home and have begun, and been uh, great members of the Sun Devil defense for the last five years now. DJ Davidson, Tyler Johnson, our two guests tonight. How about it, folks? Uh, two terrific Sun Devils. Thanks for coming on, fellas. Thank you for having me. Appreciate Thank it. You. Good to see you, as always. Hey, game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Up next, we'll hear from the man who coaches the Sun Devil D lineman as assistant coach Robert Rodriguez will join us. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Now, this time out on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. The third quarter. The Lodge in Tempe is the home once again this season of Arizona State football coach Herm Edwards' weekly radio show, All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. We continue now with tonight's show. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play broadcaster for Sun Devil Football and your host this evening, and we're glad you joined us. Our guest on this segment is in his second season on the Arizona State staff, coming to Tempe after spending five years with the NFL's Minnesota Vikings. With the Vikings and here with the Sun Devils, his specialty has been working with defensive linemen, and he has done a tremendous job with ASU's linemen the last two years. The one-time 2004 Western Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year as a linebacker at UTEP, we're delighted to welcome to the show the pride of El Paso, Texas, Coach Robert Rodriguez. How are you, Coach Rod? I'm doing great. I'm doing. I love the setting. I love being here with the fans for the Boy, first time. Yeah, you know, we were just talking because last year we had to do the show via Zoom because yep. of COVID, and uh, you were kind enough to be our guest twice. And one of those, you were in your backyard, and it yep. was one of the coolest settings. <laughs> it almost makes me want to do shows from your backyard sometime down the road, but. Uh, you like it better in person? No, I love it. I look way better in person. I was actually trying to get this atmosphere in my backyard. That's why I was trying to get the old <laughs> patio atmosphere. I said, I moved to Arizona. It was uh, later in the year. I said, this is why I live in Arizona, so I could be outside this time of year. So. Isn't that the truth? Tell us about the play of your D lineman through six weeks. Uh, you've had to deal with some injuries there, and yet your guys have uh, consistently performed week in and week out. Yeah, you know, I was just, it's funny, the director of college scouting for the Vikings was at our practice today, and it wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for a couple of things. First of all, these kids, these guys who have fully committed. When I got here, I asked them to do some stuff that was absolutely foreign to them. It was difficult. It stays difficult, but it's so worthwhile. And everybody has to commit. We're going to coach everybody, and they all have to, to put, it, put it on the line. And, but the thing about it is they've committed from day one. They've done everything it takes. So the credit goes to the player. It goes to the man in the arena, and that's those guys who have Every single one of them has put their their body and their minds on the line. It goes to them. But secondly, you know, Coach Hearn was talking about the rotation, and I was talking with my director of pro scouting, and, and 
you know, that's the thing with the Vikings that always drove me a little bit nuts is that we kept our D linemen out there too long, and we expected them to play just like every other position. And at the end of the year, you saw this wear and tear on them that really, it really hurt the overall product at the end of the year. And when I came here, Herm's, Coach Herm's support, Marvin's support, AP support to create a rotation and to create depth by getting young guys in there, by working and investing time in them and being brave enough to put them in in game situations, it's starting to pay off. And it's starting to pay off in a big way. So I'm really grateful for that support because that's what happens. When you have support and great players, you can, you can put a great product out there. And I think that's, that's what's taking place. They, they deserve the credit for that. And the depth has been tested early. You lost Jermaine Lolay before the first game even took place in August with that torn triceps. Three weeks into the season, your rush end from LSU, Trevez Moore, goes down with a knee injury, and yet the guys, it, it's its a next man up mentality, but the kids that have gone in there have contributed big plays. Yeah, and you know, it's actually, again, I like like DJ was telling you about that saying that we have, Amor Fati, you got to kind of believe that everything that happens to you happens for the best reasons. Like You have to love your fate, that's what it means, love your fate. And these things happen, we have to embrace them, and, and we have to attack them. And nobody in that room wanted to lose Jermaine Lowley. That was, that was a terrible situation. Nobody wanted to lose Vez, and nobody wants to lose anybody. But that's why we coach each one of those individuals as hard as we can. We don't go in there and treat the third-string kid like he doesn't belong. We treat him like a starter, and we coach him like a starter. And you can ask these guys. I, I'm, I'm on their butts like a starter. I'm, I'm really critical of them. I'm on them. I try to press them, and I have the support of Coach Herm. AP, we're constantly pressing those guys to be better. They can't just be scout team guys. No, you're working your craft over there, and we're coaching you over there, and we're analyzing you over there, and you're going to get coached. But likewise, when that happened with, with Jermaine, it gave us an opportunity to come through. It's always good as a coach when you get to prove that you've been telling the truth the whole time. I meant this when I said this. I didn't just say it to make you feel good, buddy. I meant it when I said it. So when Jermaine went down, as opposed to us kind of going into a room and crying for two weeks, we did what we said. We put our investment and our trust in the guys that are in the room, and they, to their credit, they've risen to the occasion. Yeah. And they've gone out there and they've competed like, like we coached them to do. So you, you invest it, you believe in those kids, you invest your time, and they give you all they got, and, and something good's going to happen. And the pride you must feel in those moments, like to see a kid like Stanley Lambert come up with a pretty much a game-ending sack to clinch the UCLA win. Joe Moore, I think, had a couple of sacks the week prior against Colorado. You've had kids like Garen Stansberry uh, in there. Anthony Cooper has really started to blossom. That must give you an immense amount of pride to see those kids perform. Oh, absolutely. I think the best thing that Coach Herman pointed it out, when Stanley got his sack, he jumped all over Coach Herman. He couldn't wait to tell him he got a sack. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. And, and I said, Coach, man, you're right. The look on his face that's why you coach i mean that's why you coach is is all those things he's been through and all the all the bumps in the road throughout it all is to watch him make that play and his face light up <laughs> and that's it and you know, when i recruited garen stansbury and bj green and they came here i said you guys are you guys are my first guys i'm bringing in here so the standard is high that you that you show people what it is we're bringing in here great players with great character you should be the hardest working players here so to watch them make plays and light up, it just takes you back to talking to them, talking to their parents, making those promises that you're going to give them all you got. And, you know, I'm just so proud that those guys, because, again, you see it reinforced 
uh, vigor and fight. When they come in that next week, they're taking better notes. They're more energized in the drills because now they've gotten a taste of it. Now they know what it's all for. Mm-hmm. And you can tell somebody a million times, but when they feel it, now they really know what's going on. And so when a guy either goes out there, plays the technique, and is successful, now it's his, and he's going to come back with, with that kind of imp- He's going to know how important it is the next week. When they go out there and they don't use the technique and fail, it's the same thing. They come out the next week like, hey, that ain't never happening to me again. Yeah. And you see that fire in their eyes. So I, I just think, you know, that's why we coach, man, is to, is to we try to make the average good, the good, great, the great, the best. And that's, that's what we do. No matter who you give us, we're going to give our all to them, and hopefully they give their all to, to us. And they get they get better, and yeah. that's our deal. Improvement, nothing, nothing less. Through the experience, they get to get out there and make plays, and they gain confidence, and the, which you know leads to even better performance down the road. And they're also giving a breather to the starters, so that when DJ Davidson and Tyler Johnson can play in the fourth quarter, like Herm said, they can play at a high level. Absolutely, and I think we've got into a good groove now. Where, you know, the more those guys have gotten in now, we are halfway through the season that we trust them more. And so we can start incorporating them in later in the first quarter and and start sprinkling them in a little bit earlier to get these guys fresh. Because I'll tell you what, you know, as good as Tyler Johnson and DJ Davidson are, they're really good when they're at 100 percent. And when they're fresh-legged, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed, they're really good. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we've had a couple games last year we could have closed it out at defensive line. We didn't do that. This year, we're going out there and we're the fresher team. And our defensive line has taken stuff over in the fourth quarter because not only are we fresh, but we feel like our technique and the way we're coached is, is superior to, to the guys we're across from. And we're, we're prepared with not only our technique, but with confidence and with energy to go out and be the better, be the better guys on the, on the line. And we've talked about those statistics that, you know, where you're, you're decisively outscoring your opponents in the second halves and that 47-9 edge in the fourth quarter, it speaks to exactly what you've just been saying. Absolutely, but that goes to show it's a team mindset and that we're doing that across the board. I think, you know, Coach, when we finished the season last year, Coach Trump, we were very critical of what we were, what we weren't, and that was one of the things we wanted to be is better finishers. And you emphasize it, you drive it home, you just continue to drive it home with the kids. And, and they, to their credit, those guys have risen to the occasion. And another thing that's kind of evolved because of that is they're not as emotional early in the game. That We don't get down on ourselves when we run into some speed bumps during the game. They keep fighting. Mm-hmm. And UCLA game's a great example of it. Just the, oh, yeah. the composure, the way those kids kept fighting through that game and the way they finished that thing was... It was really impressive. Yeah, indeed. UCLA runs for 200 yards, but they don't score in the second half. Stanford threw for 350, but they scored 10 points. Uh, There's some bending, but there isn't a whole lot of breaking on this on double defense. No, and thankfully the scoreboard doesn't say yards versus yards. It Mm -hmm. says points. And so we've we've been able to keep them off the board. And, you know, part of that, too, is being – you know, making big plays when we get the opportunities to do so. But, again, like we talked about, give up a chunk play here, give up a chunk play there – that's okay. It's never too late to hunker down and fight. And we, I mean, against UCLA, we we bent all the way down to the one yard line. Yep. And that's where we decided to put our toes in the dirt. And you know what? That's that's all it took to keep them off the board. And and that's the difference. And we just teach our kids keep fighting, keep plugging away. The the previous play doesn't matter if you're willing to fight this play and stop them this play. You don't know what's going to happen. And. And those kids have been able to do some pretty great stuff with that mentality. And who made that play? A kid that uh, was getting a chance to play, a true freshman linebacker, Eric Gentry, uh, with that it? defensive stop, maybe uh, maybe the play of the year. And 
as I look at Saturday, uh, Coach Rod, I, I think your guys are going to be smack dab in the middle of the key to victory. Uh, the, I think it's going to be in the trenches because you got two teams that have three good running backs. They both like to run the football. Who's going to be able to run it, and who's going to be able to keep the other guy from running? No, absolutely. And, and I've always had a respect for Utah, the way they played in the trenches. I've seen them, uh, you know, in the, when I was in the NFL, we scouted their guys, BYU's guys. We saw them all the time. We saw their offense and their defensive lines, and I always respected the way they went about their business. And that being said, I mean, it's also that's what you want for your D-line. If I, I believe in my D-line. I believe in our D-line, and I believe in those men. And I believe we're up to the challenge. But the thing is, it is a challenge. Those guys are big, physical, and they twist you out of holes. They'll grab you and pull you out of holes. And then that's, that's tough-nosed football. So if we are what we think we are, and that's why we do those tough drills. That's why I put them through all that stuff that I put them through in the spring and the fall is for these moments. Is that when we get into those moments, we're not intimidated. We were, we were raised in the mud. So when it gets a little muddy, we're used to it, and we're, we're ready to get dirty. And if we are what we say we are, and we are what we work to be every day, we're going to show up and we're going to fight them toe-to-toe. I don't know what the result's going to be, but here's what I do know, is we're going to keep swinging. We're going to play with great technique, and these guys are going to play pad under pad, and we're going we're gonna to go there and we're going to fight them for four quarters. And like I said, if we play longer, play harder, play faster, and just mentally just continue to punch, 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 and take punches and keep punching, we're going to like what we see at the end of the game. We're not going to be scoreboard watchers. We're going to get in there, get dirty, do our jobs, and fight the entire time. And I think we just take pride in moments like this. You know, I know how it was a couple of years ago, but this ain't a couple of years ago. We're a different D-line, mm-hmm. and, and there's different men over there. And so I expect them to play different. I expect them to play better. And I expect the team to be able to, to depend on us that we're going to do our jobs on Saturday. Great, great insights. Uh, boy, we're so l- lucky to have you in the Arizona State program, Coach Rod. And uh, we're going to do that backyard show one of these days, I promise you. Hey, what do you say? The door is open, okay? I, I, my poor wife is over there. She's probably going to have to cook for everybody, but we're going to get it done. Uh, we can bring some food ourselves. Okay. But, uh, that, that, that would be a great, great setup. Let's do it. Coach Rod, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank great you. Great to see Appreciate you. Coach you. Robert Rodriguez, Sun Devil defensive line coach. What a job he has done. He is our guest on this segment of All Aboard with Herm Edwards. Game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards will rejoin me in a moment as we look ahead to the Sun Devil Showdown at Utah Saturday. But first, these messages on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Thanks for joining us for tonight's installment of All Aboard with Herm Edwards presented by Coors Light. And don't forget, fans, game day like it's the only day with an ice-cold Coors Light, an official beer of ASU, made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Herm Edwards rejoins us now. Herm, uh, Last time your team went to the state of Utah on September 18th, crowd noise was a factor in that game with BYU. How do you feel your team is prepared to uh, deal with the noise that I inevitably will be raining down from the stands at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City on Saturday? I think they're well aware of it, and um, I think we, we practiced in a way that that, shouldn't be, that should not be an issue for us. It shouldn't have been an issue at, at BYU, to be quite honest, but, yeah. it, but it became an issue at there at the end. But that, that's behind us. I don't think that'll be an issue at all. That'll be good. Uh, weather's not going to be a factor, is it? 
I mean, I would hope not. I mean, no. I mean, the last time we went up there um, was again, not not Utah, but last year. Um, it was forty-five and drizzling against the Oregon, Oregon State. State game, and, right? you, and you scored those seven touchdowns, as I recall. So, I mean, we we won't we we, we don't use excuses. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I get it. You know, it's kind of like people. Oh, yeah, it's like when we were in the Bucks. With, with, when I was in Tampa with Tony, yeah, yeah, and the big deal was, you know, they haven't won a game when it's uh, forty-five degrees. I was like, yeah, yeah, hey, well, that's, that's before we got here. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you know, and we ended up playing pretty good. Fun. Tampa's pretty good. Yeah, won an yeah. NFC Championship yeah, game went, in went, went uh, Philadelphia yeah, one year. Went bad, went yep. bad, so it's okay. I think everybody is aware of the fact that uh, it's going to be an emotional night for the home team on Saturday. This yes. will be Utah's first game. Uh, five days after one of their players, Nickelback Aaron Lowe, was laid to rest in his hometown of Mesquite, Texas, just outside of Dallas. Uh, Lowe was shot to death September 26th, nine months after his high school and Utah teammate, Ty Jordan, who was the Pac-12 freshman of the year yes. a year ago, uh, lost his life in an accidental shooting incident on Christmas Day. Uh, earlier this week, you were very complimentary of Coach Kyle Whittingham and the job he's done navigating his team through this unfathomable uh, series of events over the last 10 months. And uh, as you said last year when COVID was the issue, there's no chapter in the how to be a college football coach handbook on how you deal with something like that, is there? You're exactly right. And uh, Coach has been around a long time. He's been in that uh, at that university, uh, I think over 20 years, somewhere 20 years, being an assistant coach and whatever. And he's built a, a fabulous program, and uh, he's really close with his, uh, his players. Uh, there is going to be a moment of silence uh, uh, during the coin toss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, who came from Utah, wide receiver. Right. Um, Brian Thompson. Uh, Brian Thompson. He's going to be an honorary captain. He's going to walk out. Oh, that's uh, really cool. Our team is – we're going to stand on, you know, on the, on the end line and, and uh, give that moment of silence to that young man and, and to the Utah fan base and everyone that's – his family members and everyone else. Hard to comprehend what they've been through, isn't yeah, it's, it? It's, it's tough. You know, it's uh, – We've all been it. We've all had it one time in our life, you know, whether in my pro career, or, you know, it, it, there were some things like that that happened, you know, and it's just, it's, you can't explain it. Um, but I think everyone uh, is well aware that um, I think to pay our respects, that's the right thing to do. Absolutely. It's an interesting dynamic, though, isn't it? On the one hand, your heart goes out to them. And yet, on the other hand, once the whistle blows, you're going to play hard-nosed football and try to beat them. Well, no doubt. And I can recollect uh, something that affected us similar to COVID was 9-11. And, I can remember and you were with the Jets. I was the head time. coach of the Jets, and I can remember our first just, game. Just across the river. Was against, he's on television right now, different team, Captain America in New England. Mm-hmm. And there was not a dry eye in the stadium when we went back and played football. And as soon as it happened, when, once the national anthem was sung, then all of a sudden we were playing football. Yeah. I would imagine seeing what happened, what's happened at Utah has got to make you appreciative of every moment you have with your players and every experience you share with your players. Uh, no doubt. And, and I think we, we, you know, we always have plans, and someone has a bigger plan for us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we lose sight of that. And, he, and his take priority. Ah, yeah, exactly. His, his plans uh, tend to uh, be the ones That's that exactly unfold. Right. Our radio coverage of Saturday's ASU-Utah game will begin at 4.30 p.m. Jeff Munn and Jordan Simone hosting the tailgate show, followed by the countdown to kickoff show 
Kickoff time, 7 o'clock, and you can hear it on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM as well as on ArizonaSports.com and the AZ Sports app. And then Jeff Munn will have Sun Devil Sound off afterward. Our thanks to uh, producer engineer Sean Crespin, Sean Mitchell, Gareth Kwok of the Sun Devil Radio Network, our buddy Cody Fincher back in the studio. Thanks uh, from Sun Devil Football, Nate Wainwright, Kyle Gray, and Marcus Aline for their help, and thanks to our great hosts here at the Lodge. Herm, best of luck to you in uh, Utah. It's going to be a heck of a game. It'll be a great game. And don't forget your other guy, Tim. Tim Cassidy, as always. Got to give Tim some love. Our next show will be two weeks from tonight when we preview the homecoming game with Washington State. I'm Tim Healy. So long, everybody. listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Mid-First Bank Sun Devil Radio Network.